Are you ready for more miracles and magic in your life? Rainbows in Real Life is dedicated to bringing positivity to the forefront, celebrating the power and promise of the human spirit, and supporting each other in challenging times. Together, we are finding ways to make the future bigger and brighter for all of us. We will be sharing stories of perseverance, possibility, and promise in engaging with experts that are making a real difference in the world. Join us live on Facebook on Thursday evenings to engage in the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. Welcome to Rainbows and Real Life. I am Pamela Aubrey, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Christopher Rush, the what No Excuses Coach. How's it going, Christopher? Awesome, amazing. How are you doing, beautiful? Wonderful, thank you. And also the incredible Scott Goyette, who is Scott the Go yet. Love Now guy. It's kind of like the Incredible Hulk, but a lot thinner. Same thing. <laughs> Basically. Incredible and I'm hug. not green. Incredible hug. <laughs> Incredible hug. So I just realized, see, th this new light I got makes my eyes water. I like it, though. No, you're just happy to be here. Shut up. I was going to say, I thought those were just tears of joy. I didn't know. A little bit, little bit of tears of joy and the other thing that we talked about before, <laughs> before we got on. I think that's what it really is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. look who's here. John we're holding you in the light. <laughs> Johanna's here. Johanna, what's up, baby? Johanna, what's, what's going up, on, Mary? girl? Cindy. Welcome to the show. Yeah, I was. We've been double chatting with Joanna. I got. I got her booked for our show on next Friday. I've got her booked. I'm going to record with her on Monday before she goes to Ireland. Yeah, she's a firecracker. I love her. Yeah, it's awesome. Love it. So awesome. We had such a great show with her a couple of weeks ago. It was amazing to have her on. So mm -hmm. great to see you again, Johanna. Hey, hey. <laughs> Yeah, so we're and we're just always excited to be on anyway because we have cool stuff that we want to talk about and share out with you guys and uh christopher christopher and i were talking about this a little bit earlier just this idea that like a lot of our lives are spent doing and so much of our attention is focused on doing and then sometimes when we're not doing things we almost feel kind of like guilty about it it's like i should be doing something mm -hmm. It's so it's so true, Pam. I mean, that's that's what I was sharing with you is the fact that I've always been a go getter and I've always been able to see results. I've always been able to pinpoint my day and say, okay, I'm gonna get this done. I'm gonna get that done, and have that feeling of accomplishment at the end of the day. But with how my life has changed since last November and everything that's going on with COVID and now taking care of my son, there's this such a there's such a juxtaposition of where I was and what I was doing and what I'm doing now. That my that my brain is still saying accomplish. Where are their accomplishments? Where is that? That's what's tied to your ego. That's what's tied to your confidence. That's what's tied. That's what's tied to your significance. And I've had to like just really like I was even telling Scott earlier as well. You know, just trying to to struggle with that like relaxing and trusting in the flow of everything. And that it's you know when we're faced with these feelings of guilt or whatever it is shame that we're we're diving into that it's important for us to go into that and understand where it is it's coming from and, and heal ourselves from that perspective. So that's the way I kind of look at it. But yeah, I mean, a lot of us are, are doing and trying, but we're not taking the time to relax and maybe maybe take a step back from things. And I think that's what the universe is trying to tell me. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. You know, it's so easy to get caught in that in that pattern. And then when we actually do step away from it, then we feel guilty, like almost like we're doing something 
wrong. And I know, Scott, you've talked about this before, coming, kind of coming to a point in your life where you were like, man, I've really got to stop, you know, I've got to pull back. 100%. I mean, the universe will stop you if you don't stop. I mean, it's just a, a fact. And whether we call it creator, God or universe, uh, it, it'll slow you down. One of my favorite things that I read, and I've shared this uh, a bunch of times, and I'm a huge fan of it, was Einstein was talking about when his true brilliance would always come to him. And he would say for like 99 times in a row, he'd look for the answer, he'd create the equation. He looked, he looked, he looked, and then he'd go, I quit. And he'd literally just step back into that relaxing and just say, I need a break, that state of being, that state of meditation. And he said the answer always came to him. And he finally realized the meditation through that was just stop and be. And there's a book, uh, it's only about 100 pages long too, and I forget who wrote it, but it's called Mastery. And it's about a Aikido. And there's this guy who's essentially getting to the final level of his Aikido mastery or the final black belt. And so he's going to his mastery. He's like, am I here yet? Am I here that? Did I do it? Am I there? Am I there? Am I there? And when he finally quits and he goes, I give up, he goes, you've done it. <laughs> and the whole point is just stop and stop trying and just be. And the final state of mastery was just being. So, uh, and I haven't read that book in a while, but when you said what we were going to talk about, uh, it, it kind of hit home loud and clear because I remember that uh, in doing so many times things stop happening and in being as human beings, that's when the real magic happens. Love that. And, you know, so, I mean, I'm kind of a question asker now. And, you know, so immediately I'm like, you're a question asker? You're a question asker? A little bit. You're a host. You're part of question asker. <laughs> <laughs> And what comes to me, you know, it's like, why, you know, why do we do this? You know, obviously, okay, we've had some programming, you know, so that's certainly contributed to it. But why do we not have more of an awareness that, you know, that this is what we do and then, and then see that like that doesn't create the results that we want necessarily. Ego. Yeah. E ego and, and an identity built upon. Yeah. A, I mean, that's, a, that's the way I look at it. The, the identity's built been built upon accomplishment. You know, we always want to know what's next, what's next. I saw a comment today and I, I withdrew the two page report I was about to send out to this person on it. And I just said, I'm going to walk away and decided to not connect to that person any longer. But they were tearing apart the concept of socialism. And first of all, most people don't know what socialism even means. Um, I mean, it's a government system and I can go through the details. I teach it. And so I, I don't need to be argued by with it about, you know, from somebody, but um, we don't have a socialist government anyway, but when you're serving those who are in the most need, it drives me crazy when people are ripping that apart, saying anybody who wants socialism is weak. And here's the deal. I'm very self-sustaining. I don't need to be babysat, but I certainly want the least of us to be taken care of if they're doing their best. And for me to judge that just drives me absolutely crazy when people do that, because we don't know what those people are going through. And I think that behavior that's pushed us toward build, 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 and beat everybody is really stolen the ability for us to just be. And it's a fine line because has capitalism taken us to this beautiful place in this country and we built so much? In many ways, 100%. And I believe in competition, but competition without collaboration is where we're failing. And that steps back into that time to just be. So yeah, and I... Yeah, I really, I, I appreciate that. Go ahead. I, I want to hear what you have to say about this, though, Christopher. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's that's exactly what I was thinking because you know, again, going back to the ego aspect of it and the accomplishment aspect of like, what have you done? What have you proven? Where have you been right? You know, how do you show your validation, your significance, and things of that nature? But I also think it's like when I think about working out, we work, work out a muscle, we work out a muscle, we strengthen it, we make it sore, we push it past its its extremities, and we have to go through that pain of recovery, and we can't necessarily work out that same muscle part the next day. And I think we need to use that as an analogy for life in the fact that you know, you know, if you've been on the wheel of the hamster wheel for whatever it might be for the last, for me, like 26 years being in a corporate identity, you have to give yourself some space to adjust to what that new identity is going to be. And, and to do that, you have to give yourself permission to step back and I think step off that wheelhouse. But I think what the fear is, if we step off, we lose that momentum. We might not have the traction we had before if we go back to it or something like there's some sort of falsehood in that. And that's the way I see it is that we have to, that's what I'm learning from, from the universe right now is that like you said, Scott, you know, we talked about this, you know, the airplane taking off, the drink tables wobbling, everything's going crazy, but it's going to level out. And like I told you guys earlier, for me being in the pool, I went in the pool last night at like 10 o'clock at night. And normally I would never do that. And I did it because it would force myself to do something that was awkward and uncomfortable for me just to go relax. I never did that. So I'm listening to the universe and saying, okay, listen, instead of like looking at the 75 things you could be doing, focus on the two things that you really can do well and listen to what you're supposed to be learning and don't run away from it or don't you know, get it mired in your accomplishments again. Cause I think I did that. I think I was such an accomplisher because I avoided some other feelings that were going on. And now at this point in my life, I'm ready to listen to those feelings and move past them because now I realize they're happening for me and not something that I need to run away from. So that's kind of my perspective on it. What about you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. I mean, I think that we have this very kind of like accomplishment focused society we have. And so a lot of us, you know, it's it's kind of like, well, when you when you grow up, you have to kind of prove yourself to everyone, right? <laughs> it was sort of the order of the day. And I think that we're starting to, you know, awaken to what that really was and, you know, really kind of the roots of it. And so I think it does. I think it, you know, brings us to a place where we start to do a little bit more self-discovery and we start to uncover who we really are and explore that and allow ourselves to actually be who we were intended to be instead of being who we were expected to be. Yeah. But that's I, a big, that's a big shift. A simple way to break the whole thing down. I think this is something that we all need to think about is accomplishment comes from doing and the fulfillment of life comes from being. And so think about that, your accomplishment, everything, you know, you're, you're a great basketball player. You've got a bunch of degrees. You, someone says you're articulate or wow that was amazing those are wonderful things but your personal fulfillment which will actually amplify all of those accomplishments is going to come from being so think think being is being the battery you know every time that you recharge that your ability to do goes through the roof and so if we hyper focus and and i actually almost want to walk away and just keep saying this to myself in a mirror right now because as we talked about I have failed at this many times where I do, 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 crash, do, 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 crash. And I'm at a point now where the crashes are so harsh because I haven't lived up to my state of being. So I just had a few phone calls today and I said, hey, I'm not going to get that done tomorrow. I can't meet you tomorrow because I have to do a little more being to recharge. So nothing that I'm saying or you guys are saying we're not doing or we're not being. We're acting on it too. So we're living it. Yeah, I, that that's so powerful. And I like this comment by Cindy too. She said, when you are just being that giving to others just comes naturally. 
And I think there's so much truth to that. And I think one of the things that we haven't seen or haven't really learned yet in our society is, is how to do that. You know, I mean, I think that really is what we're seeing kind of now in the process of what's happening is us really as a, as a collective having to sort of come to this consciousness about who we are as individuals and as a collective. And then how do we learn to serve each other inside of that, that whole new paradigm, really? So how do we do that? Yeah, and I think that's just it. I think we go back to, you know, the being to okay. our own sense of being who we are and uncovering who we are and, and taking that journey and understanding that other people are doing the same thing. You know, that, that the judgment we may have for others is judgment we have for ourselves and vice versa and learning to break out of that cycle. But it's, it, it truly is a conundrum because we live in a world that we're, we've defined by space and time. So we sit here and we say, I have limited time in my life. I want to get all these things done. So it's as somebody who's been remotely successful for everybody who's listening during our successes, we can almost always go back to all the things we did. So right now we're, we're literally saying you have limited time left in your existence and we want you to stop doing that's I mean, let's really think about what we're asking people to do. That feels really, really uncomfortable because we're essentially saying stop doing and you're going to reap benefits. That's massively confusing. So what do you think, Chris? What, what do we what do we tell people to get them on board right now to really find the benefits? And I've got a million thoughts on this, too. But what do we tell people to to start reaping the benefits of just being because because doing has produced everything to date. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah, much like you, like you, Scott. Um, I have a lot of thoughts when you when you raise that question, and it's a great question. It's um, considering what I've been through in the last since November, leaving that corporate career, and having to try to find my identity and figure out what's what's the new normal and what's comfortable. Um, I think the answer to your question really is that you have to trust and love and believe in yourself. I think that's I, from all the free coaching calls I've done in the last couple of months. It's it's a very apparent that people don't love themselves and that they they worse they punish themselves. And I never really looked at it from that capacity from a coaching standpoint, but really it does. You have to, you have to love yourself. You have to believe in yourself. You have to trust yourself. You have to give yourself opportunities. You have to get out of your own way. And that's, that's awkward. That's uncomfortable because like I had a coach last year. I mean, you know, or Scott, Sally, Sally, I mean, she got me, I didn't see it because you can't see the frame when you're in the picture. Right. And she's like, fuck mate. Sorry. She said, she does. I mean, she's like, she's like, you've been in survivor mode all of your life. I'm like I'm not in survivor mode anymore. I'm good. I have a great house. I have good stuff. I'm, I've got, you know, everything's good. At that time I was working, making great money, easy job, you know, not easy, but easy for me. And, and, and then to have everything switch up and change, you know, it reminds me of that. And I've said it before. I, I should get a dollar for every time I mention this video, but the Steve Harvey jump video, if you guys have never seen that video, it's a minute and 58 seconds, something like that. It is so valuable, so worth your time to watch multiple times because it talks about the fact that if you if you look at everybody else and everybody else is doing great, all oh, these people started a business. I know people that are, that are making massive amounts of money right now. I know people that are struggling. They're looking, oh, they did this and they did this and they did this. I'm like, well, how did they do that? Well, they must have, maybe they had money from their family. I'm like, no, they took a chance. They took a chance. They literally burned the bridges and figured it out. And that's what we need to do because you know, ultimately you guys know I talk about no regrets and that's one of my biggest leverage points as far as pain and thinking about if I don't, if I don't become the person that I'm supposed to meet at the end of my journey, 
and be that person. That's the way I look at it. Ed Milet says that he goes, my goal in life is that, that I get to my life review and I meet the person that I could have been. And I'm the same person. I'm not, Oh, Chris could have been Tony Robbins or Chris could have been this. And Chris winds up being a Walmart greeter. And I'm at the end of my life going, wow, I wasted all those years because I didn't take a chance. And yeah, it's scary and it's vulnerable, but guess what? Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to die anyway, right? So why not take those risks? Why not be excited? I was just coaching somebody earlier today and we were talking about the difference between emotions, between, you know, being scared and being excited. I'm like, if, 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 when I go on stage, I used to say, oh, I'm kind of scared. You know, and now I say I'm excited. You know, it's like there's just a different perspective shift that you have to go through. But if you don't jump, you're never going to soar and you're never going to be happy. And I mean, that's my answer to that question is you have to get uncomfortable. You have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. You have to be comfortable with pushing yourself outside that zone and taking those risks. Otherwise, you're going to be 78 years old one day doing a giant crossword puzzle going, wow, I wish I would have uh, lived my life differently. You know, that's my take on it. What about you guys? Round of applause. I love that. Yeah. What about you, Scott? So I want to just just shift over and, and give you guys a question that I've asked to literally tens of thousands of people from stage. And the answer is very consistent. And I pretty much know what ends up coming from this, but it's uh, very important for us all to think about. So I always love to ask people, how many people here are fighters? And so if I said, are you guys fighters, what would your answer be? Fuck yeah. Yes. Yeah, sir. right. Here you go. <laughs> I didn't see my filter before I got on here. Sorry, we didn't we didn't hear that. We're gonna go through and edit this later, remove all that. So 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 here's the deal. If you've got a thousand people in an audience, typically depending on the group, you're gonna have a good five hundred people who at least are kind of going like this, if not throwing their hands up. And then I walk up to people who really looked excited about saying that. I'm like, you know, tell me the things you fought for and like how you got it. And they start telling the story. And I take three or four people and I ask them, I said, are you certain you got that because you fought? And they always tell me, you know, absolutely. I wouldn't. I go, are you certain? And then I go through my story and I talk about all those things that I fought through. And, you know, my mom, single parent mom, dad wasn't there. You know, I'm a fighter. I'm a winner. I'm a fighter. I really started thinking back to the negative emotions that came attached with that. There, were, there was sadness. There was anger. There was shame. There was guilt. There was frustration. A lot of things that probably have brought me to that space where, I crash much more easily today. So I have this illusion that everything I earned was because I fought. And so this is the exact same thing. That was that do, do, do. There's no one who's going to stop me. I'm going to crush you. And did that produce results? Well, it guaranteed did. But how can I prove that if I was in a state of positive being and just jumped in the river, went into the flow? Because let's ask a simple question. Right now, if we believe in creator, universe, God, whatever, something put us here. Something put us here and we might just say we're an extension of source. And if that's the case, we put ourselves here. We don't trust our greater, higher being that we're, we're in the right direction. What are we fighting? <laughs> what are we doing? It's true. it's true. So really just sit and ask that question. What are we fighting? What are we doing? Simply put, jump in the river, be, connect more deeply to source, which is exactly what Chris and I are going to be teaching in our, our program, our coaching program. We're going to teach to eliminate the distortions in your subconscious and disconnect from those things that when you do jump into the river, the anchors that you're dragging, so you're not in flow, the illusion that you need to fight something. Sure, you need to fight if you hold on to baggage. If you let it go, your state of being is going to be everything you've always needed and more. And we just haven't trusted that yet. Growth mindset. Mm. So... I don't think this is rocket science. I think that what we do a lot as human beings is we make things complex. We look at our identities and all these things that we built. We get scared, we get nervous, and we make it 
much more difficult than it has to be. And I think the simplicity is something beautiful put us here. Something beautiful is guiding us. Jump, jump in, trust it, flow, mm-hmm. be. I mean, this is a perfect show for a Thursday night to get people into a positive state of being. So. Love that. That's perfect, Cindy. This is great info. Sharing out. So thank you, Cindy, for that. Thank you, Cindy. You rock. What's up, Glenn? Good to see you. Hi, Timothy. Thank you so much. Jeffrey Wolf, good to see you in the house. Yes. Timothy Irwin, Glenda Wright. So great to see you guys on. And, you know, what you were saying just now, Scott, it reminded me, um, I was, so I had created a deck of cards several months ago and I use the cards myself every day because it's an I am affirmation. And it just so happened that today's was I am attuned. And one of the questions on the card is what resonates with you and speaks to your soul? And I think it's something that, you know, we don't really ask ourselves that often, you know, what, what really speaks to my soul? But I feel like it's one of those questions that when we really sit with it, you know, we get answers that maybe even we didn't expect. And I think that's really what we're talking about is just that this is an exploration process. We don't really necessarily know what's gonna come out of that time. And yet these miraculous things can transpire. We don't know at all. That's the point of uncertainty versus certainty. We're addicted to the illusion of certainty, but whether we think we know or we admit we don't know, it's, it's all the truth. I mean, the reality is we have no clue what's in store for us, but we do know it's beautiful if we believe it. So I was just sharing real quick to get some more beautiful friends on here. I was trying to figure, I told you I'm so technically not challenged. I wanted to get, uh, invite more people. So did you get no, them invited? I think so. I think I did it. And the other thing is I can't see, dude, you guys, I, I'm just a mess <laughs> lately. Man. I can't see. I got to wear my glasses. Here, here I'll make you feel better. I'll make you feel better. Here we go. You're the old man. There you go. I got my glasses. Well, I like this other comment that Cindy made. She said, being a survivor is why I'm still here. And I've been so blessed to have a great coach and positive friends to help guide me to where I am. And I feel like that is the story of so many of us. Like we, how many of us have actually made this journey alone on our own? I went out there and did it without a single soul helping us along the way, right? None of us. There's always been somewhere, someone somewhere along the way. And I just, I love that you, you bring that up, Cindy, because it's so easy for us to get stuck in that thinking of, I've got to do it, I've got to do it. When the reality is when we look back at our lives, we can see all these places where we didn't do it by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's one, one more reason to get into the flow versus the fight. The fight is very individualistic. So the minute I say I have to do this, I might say it's me and my mom. I might say it's me and my wife. I might, but it's still very tribal. It's very individualistic. It's us versus them. And, you know, we can go through every great book that was ever written in self-development. You know, Stephen Covey is always talking about win-win versus win-lose relationships. You know, seek first to understand all these things have been time tested. We know all this stuff. We just need to enact it. Like we're not doing this alone. I mean, there's a reason people come and listen to these shows. You know, there's, it's more than just a, a support mechanism, it's connection. You know, each of us is a real person sharing our real stuff and that's that feels good. It lets us know that we're human, that we're part of something much more beautiful and bigger and flow will take us where we need to be versus mm-hmm. do. So. And you also, have, you also have to have the, the, the idea, at least for me, you guys know I have the tattoo that says, what doesn't kill me only makes me stronger. 
I mean, you have to have a mindset that, you know, we've said it before that everything's happening for you and not to you. And, and when, we, when we, at least for me to take that perspective shift and to step back from always being and always doing and giving myself that love, you know, like I said before, when you asked me that one question, I was like, I've never been a big love guy. I mean, I love people. I, I mean, but when I think about self-love and myself and self-nurturing, that's one thing my coach addressed to me. She's like, and actually a therapist one time, I, it was funny. I had this therapist for a while for, I don't know, 10 sessions or something like that after my mom died. And, uh, and I was talking to her and, and she said, um, so when did you stop being a kid? That one question. I mean, I was coaching her for most of the time. And she goes, when did you stop being a kid? And I was like, and I, I watched her body language. She goes, oh, I got him. Because she kept trying to get me out of coach, Chris. She was trying to get me into figuring out what was wrong and was holding me back. And I said, I probably stopped being a kid maybe around seven or eight years old. And she's like, wow. She goes, how much time do you take for yourself? And I said, well, I work out and I do some things. I said, but otherwise, I'm always working and achieving. And she goes, I want you to figure out how to play and have fun and, and step back. And I was like, you can't. You can't step off the gas. Once you're on the gas, you have to figure that out. But for me, it's it's that legacy. And then also... I think it's a part of getting older that you have to start realizing we're sold a bill of goods as kids. I mean, we're, that we talk about the conditioning process and it's about achievement. I mean, think about it. Achievement. How, what were your grades? What did you do? How well did you do? How, where did you place in sports? You know, what did you score on this? Where, how good are you doing at home? How are you doing on your chores? Where are your stars at? We're brought up in this conditioning environment to say, okay, you do that. So now we're like, can I get the approval of my parents? Can I get the approval of my friends? Can I get the approval of the people who supposedly care about me? And then we go through the rest of our lives doing that. And what do we do? We gather possessions. We gather short-term gratifications, addictions, and things of that nature. We get lost in, oh, I'm supposed to go to school, and I'm supposed to get a bunch of debt, and then I'm supposed to get married to somebody, and I'm supposed to have a bunch of kids and get more debt and buy a house that I can't afford, and then one day retire and be happy. It's like, you know, I sit there and watch these people on tiny houses and, and off the grid, and I'm like, I'm, I'm jealous. Like, they just sell everything. And like, I just want to be happy with my family and, and, and have some simple things. So I think that's another thing we have to recognize is like, what is it that we're really ultimately shooting for? Are we shooting for a materialistic existence or like all of us are on this journey? Like, how can you have a balance of course? Materialistic things are great, but at the same time, like you said, Scott, being comfortable and just being, and just being us. And I think that's one of the core things that I've broken through on in my journey because I've always not felt comfortable being who I was. I always had to be, okay, if I was at work, I was work, Chris. You know, I was not joking, Chris, or I kind of was. It was just all these different things. And now I'm just being me and what's happening. People are reaching out and connecting. So I think that's the number one thing is just being yourself and being honest with yourself of what it is that you truly want out of life. Like I did my show on Tuesday night. It was like facing your on facing the truth. You know, if you're not happy, you need to go change it. You know, you can't sit there, hope, wish, and pray that eventually it's going to change one day. Like you said, with the five regrets of the dying, go on there and realize like, if you put that pain of what it is that you're, you're putting up with that you're tolerating now, um, is that going to really serve you in the end when you look at your life and go, wow, I'm really proud of it. And I took chances that I burned the boats that I jumped and I lived, or are you going to look back and go, wow, really? You know, I got caught up in the stress of keeping up and proving to those people and proving to social media land and doing all and proving this and proving that now I'm exhausted. Now I don't get to enjoy my life. I mean, that's the way I look at it is you have to love yourself. You have to step back, get off the hamster wheel and, you know, just be really truthful with yourself. What do you think, Pam? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny because while you were talking about just the idea of stepping back, I it came it came to me because earlier today I was thinking about this, you know, and this goes back to something you were saying too, Scott, is that you know when we when we realize we have a short amount of time in life, that's usually the time 
that we go and do all the things we're like, oh my gosh, I only have so much time, right? I got to go do all this stuff that I haven't done yet. And really, that's what we should be doing anyway, because we never know how much time we have. And, you know, it's, it's kind of, I think what's interesting about this whole, you know, virus thing is that if anything, it's put us in a position of thinking about our own mortality, right? It just reminds us that we're not here forever. And really, what are we doing with that time? And that really struck me today. I just thought, you know, I, I think that I'm doing a pretty good job of making the most of my time, but could I do a better job? You know, I mean, could I be more efficient at that? Could I be better at being, you know, and what would that look like? And so, go ahead. No, I was going to say, but isn't that, isn't that a, isn't that a question that we should be asking ourselves is like, is more better? Is more better Is stressing ourselves out for those things better? I mean, that's a great question to ask. But here's yeah. a simple here's a simple formula, and we say we say the same stuff again and again. But I, I I always want to beat these things down because anything that's truly brilliant or truly phenomenal or truly life changing takes time to actually plant and cultivate that seed. So you know, you talked about happiness being the destination for so many people. They say once I do this, once I do that, the outcome's happiness. Well, first of all, that's an illusion because we don't know what really comes from all the things we're doing. So we've said this a million times before that everything comes down to choice. So the simple thing we can do in the formula is shift one emotion or one feeling to another feeling. So we can take fear. We can easily shift that to excitement or curiosity. Chris mentioned a couple of times, you know, when they said, when did you stop being a kid? Well, let's take fear as an adult. Fear as a kid might have easily turned into excitement or curiosity. And one day somebody said, no, no, don't touch that. Don't do Don't do that. And then it sticks this fear and then it becomes what we are as an adult. So what if we do nothing else with the show today? But every one of us goes and steps into our lives and we take a space that we're afraid and we say, what is this really all about? We go to the root of it and we say, can I shift this emotion to excitement or to curiosity? And what can that elevate to? Because we don't have to jump ship from afraid to love. We don't have to jump ship from fear to pure happiness, but we can take steps that are incremental and real and we can do that today. So we don't have to wait to be happy. I'll tell you right now. You know, your question, like if somebody said, I, I, I've got a week to live, what are they going to do? Shit, I, I'll be honest with you, I do that a lot. I just do it anyway. Like, you know, you when you say jump, like if we're at a cliff right now, I, I say I'm not as crazy as I used to be. I don't think I am. But if we're someplace and there's something that's, that it could be a one time and a, a once in a lifetime thing, there's no thought going through my brain. I'm in the air already because I don't know. You're an airfield, that's for sure. You just get in the air to do it. Just do it. It's like, yeah, this this is this is something like if you could take something from you and just dump it into everybody, this would be the thing. This would be the I'm a big fan of just being and just processing, but I'm also a big thing fan of taking fear and turning it into something more beautiful. And I do it even in the model that we created with fear. You know, we got love over fear. I'm not saying don't be afraid. I'm saying take your fear use that as a foundation to just catch air and just do everything you wanted to do. So that's why forgiveness, eliminate beliefs, accept, you know, yourself and others and rise up, be resilient. Those are the things that we want to get people to drop off so that you can be everything you want to be. And I think a lot of us miss that. We get scared. So I have a question Hi. for Pam. Okay. Pam, I have a question for you. What do you think truly holds us back from pursuing our truest form of ourselves? Like, what is it? 
Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I do think it's fear, but I also think in many senses it's awareness. And so that's why I like asking questions and I like asking the universe questions because I think it helps us to expand our awareness and to allow ourselves to experience bringing in that information from spirit and beginning to understand what it means to be, you know, just like Scott's saying to, to when we're in that space, when we're, you know, just being, when we're quiet, then we have the opportunity to experience this whole new form of communication. And it's a whole new journey of discovery, right? about who we are and our place and our role in the universe. So, yeah, that's kind of how I see it. What about you? Well, it's funny. You both, you both said a word that I wanted to touch on and I'm so keen about words. You both said curiosity. And I, I love that word. I love that because when I watch my son being curious and playful, and that's one of the, the intentions I set every morning is that I'm going to be present and playful with my son. And I have done a compounded job of that in the last couple of weeks to really be there and to let go of the accomplishment thing and, and to really kind of just separate from myself in that and feel that anxiety and feel that, that fear and that, okay, uncertainty. This is, this is not who I am. I'm like literally going, yay, I'm going to sail away on this little, this little ship. But, but again, watching my son and seeing the curiosity and seeing the playfulness of who we need to be and, and be playful with life. You know, Dr. Wayne Dyer told a buddy of mine, doc, uh, my, my buddy, JB Glossinger, he runs morningcoach.com, great guy. And he got a chance to doc, talk to Dr. Wayne Dyer. I mean, if you guys don't know who Dr. Wayne Dyer is, go check him out. Um, but he talked to me, he says, he, JB talked to him. He says, man, Dan, or um, Dr. Dyer, he goes, this stuff is hard, isn't it? You know, doing the personal development thing and everything and writing books and da, 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 da. And he's kind of rattling off, you know, how hard it is. And what Dr. Wayne Dyer says, wow, JB, it's never been hard for me. And that's all. It, it's just a perspective. And I love because everything we're saying kind of amounts to that he's like saying, no, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. And he's just like, I just show up. But when I write, he talks about when he writes a book, I put a pen in my hand and I put paper in front of me and I write and I see what flows out of that. And I think that's something we need to get to is getting back into that playful flow state. I mean, we talk about it. And even for me, that's one of my biggest focuses right now is am I in flow? Am I in the moment? Am I being, you know, judgy? Am I being, Am I pontificating? Am I being assumptive? Am I being, you know, anything that's not just in the moment because that's all we have. You guys have heard me rattle that off to the day I die. It's like, we only have these extended moments. And I love what you said also about the, obviously the legacy and, and thinking about, yeah, you know, I, I do an exercise with my coaching clients. It's called the seven, seven, seven exercise. It's like, if you had seven days, seven weeks, seven months, what would you want to accomplish? You know, we go to the doctor, you get a diagnosis. They say, Hey, you have incurable cancer. You have pancreatic cancer. Survival rates, crap. You have six months to live. You write down these things. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, what do we got to do to check out the bucket list? Well, I can't afford, I can't, no, 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 no. You're dying. Figure it out. What are you going to do? What would you go do? You know, what risk would you take? Would you go take out a loan to go parachuting? Would you go, would you come to California and go parasailing, you know, for God's sakes and make Chris pay for it or whatever she said over here. Um, yeah, we're going parasailing. We're all going parasailing. Yeah. <laughs> Pam's going to be out here. Scott's going to fly. Out here. We're going to go parasailing with Cindy. But no, seriously, it's, it's just like I said, getting playful, getting simple. You said that, Scott, getting simple because life is life is not complicated. We complicate the crap out of it. I mean, I sit there and you see me do these memes. It's like life is simple. If you don't like something, stop doing it. If you don't like watching something, stop watching it. You know, we have to take our own. We have to take responsibility. I think is what I'm trying to say is take responsibility to let go of this this 
persona and this identity that we're supposed to have and you know all these other judgments and these values that we've been given by people who probably didn't know they're asked from a hole in the ground anyway when they were raising us they did the best thing they could do with us so now it's our job to kind of go back to that spot and share that with other people to become more playful and to see things as more like you said scott seek first to understand i mean that's i mean you guys know i have i have a lot to say about that but it's um that's kind of where i feel it now and it's 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 part of the journey it's uncomfortable it's awkward but the sooner i know that i embrace it and i go through it i can help so many other people do the same thing and that's how i've looked at every challenge in my life it's like this is an opportunity for me to figure something out so i can help more people yeah well and i think to that point you know it's like cindy was saying you know it's, it's we can just have fun you know i mean it's it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be serious. It doesn't have to be difficult. We can just have fun. It can just be us, you know, taking the time out to do things that we really enjoy, you know, and then when we're doing it, just being in that moment, you know, not thinking about anything else, just being fully in that moment and realizing that that in and of itself is just being. So it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean we just have to sit and be there, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, so I saw an interesting meme today that um, it says, what happens when you simultaneously realize you're the, the being, the mirror, and the observer simultaneously? And, and I want to think about that for a minute as a group. So imagine this right now, okay? So, and I'll just try to lay it out. So I think right now, I'm Scott, you're Pam, you're Chris. And that's how we've always lived it. We lived it from these two eyes moving forward. What happens when we awaken to the fact that we're the mirror to the entire universe looking down at it all? We're also the observer who's created that mirror and that beam. We're all of that. And the reason I'm asking you this question is because we, we've talked about all the components of this. Okay, like first and foremost, you talked about the deep connectivity to spirit, to universe, you know, finding that wisdom. So that's why we're talking about being. The minute we set into a space, we say, let's be things are going to start to happen that are going to just shake your brain up. You're going to have something that just looks at you or you're going to say, whoa, we are all one or whatever. You're, you're going to just go. <laughs> and one of the biggest reasons we don't want to do that is because we're scared shitless to have everything go. <laughs> so, so that's why I wanted to throw like a big, big comment in there. What if let's just not, let's not even say awakening. Let's just say, what if you are, both the being, the mirror to all of it, and the observer, aka creator. Just sit with it for a second. What if you're all of it? it makes and sense. And then, I mean, how many times have I said the word extend your sense of self? That's not actually a word. How many times have I said that sentence? Hashtag extend your sense of self. I always talk about extend your sense of self from the individual, past the tribe, past the group to all humanity, to all in existence. Well, all in existence includes creator. All in existence includes everything. So the minute that you can accept the fact that when you're connecting more deeply to source, I don't know if you're comfortable with it, maybe you're a big part of source. Maybe you are source. That makes you feel uncomfortable. Then maybe you need to do a little bit more of what we're talking about right here and just be. Because the do, do, do is only one component of that trifecta. It's, it's this. It's this being. The minute we look at the mirror and we look at that observer, that's when all of a sudden the power really comes in. 
we see it all the time. Every everything's in threes. We see three as this big power number. So if you want to do something that's way outside your comfort zone after this show, go sit and think about that. Think about the idea of individual being that mirror that looks over it all and the ultimate observer who's the creator of everything. Yeah, I really love that because I think that, you know, we're talking about, you know, it almost sounds like we're saying we don't need to do anything. And to some degree, that's true. But I think what's amazing is that when you're being, like you were saying earlier, the doing just becomes so much more natural. And the things that you do out of that, that is the big shift. That is when you start to see these things in your life open up and feel yourself experiencing things. And to be honest, sometimes it's good things and sometimes it's uncomfortable things, but it still allows you to see it, to be aware of it mm -hmm. and then decide, you know, what is it I want to do with this? And, and I think that's the scary part because sometimes we feel like, well, what am I going to do with it? What if I don't know what to do with it? <laughs> Just remember, do occurs right here. This is where do occurs, right here. And, and, and look, look, look at this, right? Right now, how limited is do? It, it's on this tiny perspective point in this infinite universe. And literally what we're telling you is being allows you to go to all. Being is become all of it. I'm back into the room. Oh, I think we might have lost him. Scott did a Chris. That was <laughs> my that was uh, not the right timing for that. <laughs> no, look at him. Because that was a really great point. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> but well, all that to say, <laughs> he'll be back at some he'll point. He'll be back. So, but in, in the meantime, I, I can almost hear him. <laughs> okay, so let me ask you a question. How can you guys hear me now? There you are. How ridiculous. How ridiculous was it that we just had a power outage when I was talking about connecting to all all source? <laughs> I mean, really think you know, about what this being said. Right, yeah, no, that's timely. Like, I'm the literally irony. saying that we, we can connect to everything and in infinite power and something shakes up this connection. So wow. even the world of what I just said just literally shook up this connection. So going back to the point, Chris, you said curiosity. We're talking about extremely powerful words. Even the words that we're sharing right now are shaking up technology, which is nothing more than energy, which is what we are. We literally just shook up energy by challenging people to wake up and see that. So I think it's that important. I think the reason that we had that little shake up, so we stop and think about it. I think it's that powerful. That is I want to touch on what Cindy said. Um, I want to get your guys' perspective where she said that's deep soul inner child. What do you guys think about that? The inner child I, I've been, I've been looking at, I've been approaching my coaching clients lately with a different perspective and, and just approaching people in general with a different perspective. Instead of going at somebody from anger, I look at them and I try to understand them. Like, who are they as a, as a kid? You know, I still believe that we're all little kids inside. And I saw that and I learned that from my mom. My mom was a super intelligent person, book smart. I mean, literally she could talk to a doctor and the doctor thought she was a doctor. That's how smart she was. People smart, stupid as the day is long, stupid as the day is long. So I've had to do a lot of work on myself to not be so smart and be more of a people person. Um, 
But when you think about that, when I think about her, I know I never understood her because she made stupid decisions, but she kept saying, I'm three years old. I'm four years old. And I was like, mom, you're 45 years old. You're a grown ass woman. I mean, come on, let's do something here. And she's, no, I'm four, I'm four. And it wasn't until I really kind of just took my gloves off and wanted to punch her and like, okay, let me understand. Wait a minute. Her parents divorced when she was four. You know, what else has happened in her life? And I look at people as being these little kids and, and, and that we have to heal our, our little kids because our little kids have these, you know, these bad feelings of what it is that they may have done or whatever. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Is that something that, that seems logical, that we still have that inner kid of ourselves and that we need to heal that part of ourselves to really grow as adults? Talk to me about what do you guys think about that? Because I find it fascinating. I absolutely think so. I think that's a big part of it. So how old, you, how old are you as a little girl right now? Are you three, <laughs> four, five? That's a whole, that's a whole show. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a simple question. Come on. How old do you feel as, as a kid? Um, I, you know, I, that's a, I would say that's a hard question for me in some senses because I feel like, um, and you know, in some ways I feel like a little child a lot of times in my, just, you know, in my, in my spirituality. Um, but other times I feel very like serious and old. So <laughs> I don't, you know, it's like, sometimes I think my, my inner child, um, was always a little bit grown up anyway. I mean, I just remember being, you know, thinking things at a very young age that were, well beyond what I think a lot of kids think at those ages. So I don't, you know, it, it, I don't know how to answer that exactly. I, I want to go, I want to go, let me try to help guide this because I love what you're saying, actually. What you just said is absolutely beautiful because I, I would almost guarantee that everyone listening right now is going, that's me too, because I think we all have a deep split between this, you know, wisdom that's, you know, deep in what we are in spirit and then our child gets stunted, which is what Chris was saying. So, you know, I'm much the same. I mean, I go on these like where I, I'm like, I can see for eons in both directions of, you know, future and past. And then two minutes later, I'm jumping off a cliff yelling, yeehaw. So I'm with you. You know, I, I get it. Let's let's challenge ourselves as a group right now to think, what is it? Because there's something that shakes up our ability to exist here well as a human that we didn't fix as, as kids. So let's, let's address that. Like, I, I would say this, you know, to answer your question for me, Chris, and then we'll put it back to Pam. I would say outside of my spiritual wisdom that overtakes my, you know, human immaturity often enough to keep me sane. Um, I would say I'm stuck at like seven or eight year old kid. Who's just like, let's do it. And just doesn't know that I can knock my tooth out or fall out of a tree. I just don't get it. And, and some people call it bravery. I just call it stupidity and never evolved mentally. So what, what, what about you, Deb? I mean, um, Pam, I was just something. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that about you at all. Cause, because I, I mean, just what I know of you that, that doesn't, I mean, I just don't see you that way. I see you as being um, very purposeful in a lot of what you do. And, you know, I mean, not that there's not that part of you that's enthusiastic. Um, you know, or gets excited about things and jumps in all the way. Um, but I, I think that you have a very um, purposeful and, and structured frame around it when you do that. So, and to, so to me, that doesn't true. <laughs> you might be, there might be a massive, really quick formula that I'm like, bam, 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 all safe. And I just have like a good formula, but, but there still is a, a there's, maybe you're right maybe maybe i need to need to look for the outside so so what about for you though like where would you say that you feel stuck because 
I definitely feel like a looking from the eyes of a seven or eight or eight year old Scott from time to time in these events, you know, in, in times where I'm like, I'm just going to do this. I feel like a child, like looking out at the world. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I, I tend to be, you know, very analytical in some ways and then very, um, kind of carefree. And so, and, and I can, so I can relate to what you're saying. Um, I guess maybe, you know, that would put me in like the, the 14 to 15 year old range where it's like, you're like, you know, enough to kind of, you know, be organized and structure things and, and that sort of thing. But at the same time, there's still that part of you that is like, well, I know this probably seems kind of crazy, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. Like you still have yeah. a little bit of faith left in the universe, you know? Yeah. I only it once. I, you know, this way I tell everybody if I die this week, when I do it, I got to do it. Yeah. What about you? What Chris, where where you hung up at? What's your age? Uh, that's a great question. It's funny because when you guys were talking, I, I was thinking about it for myself. I'm still like you and I, Scott, were joking around about it the other day about something. And so it's kind of like when I think about like what age I'm stuck at inside, it's probably like five or six. But I work really hard not to let that out sometimes because like I still have that stupid boy humor or that stupid joke humor or like I want to make everybody laugh or be silly. And I've noticed that that didn't always work in my favor. Of course, I made people laugh and I made people have fun. And that was one of the things I always loved to do. But at the same time, it was a jeopardy to my own um, legacy, because like I said before, when I went to go write my eulogy, I th sat there and thought, like, if I died tomorrow, who would show up and what would they say? And I know that about 10 or 15, 20 people would show up and be like, oh, Chris is a party animal. I mean, much the same thing with you, Scott. Uh, you chased girls and did these things. Did, you know, I wasn't nearly as crazy as you, but I was crazy. And, and I had to sit there and think, like, do I really want to be remembered for that? But to answer your question, um, that's something I've really, you know this, I've focused really hard on this, like, especially in the last two weeks, just being with my son, like, I'm not, I've never been really good at playing. Like you know, sometimes I'm like, okay, that's a waste of time. You know, I've just always been cerebral and accomplishing, like I said before, but now I'm trying to put myself in the mindset. Like, what is my son thinking right now? What is he thinking about? He's just exploring. Like, what's this? Oh, I'm going to play with this. You know? Oh, it's a, it's a hammer. It's like, and I'd be like, it's not a hammer. It's a broken earpiece from a glass, but I'm like, shift, shift, shift. It is a hammer. It is. And I just get stupid. I start playing and I start doing weird voices and it feels good. It does. It's like, so, you know, exploring that inner child and healing that inner child is, is super massive. One of the exercises I have my coaching clients do is depending on what the situation that they're struggling with, because I, I firmly believe, like I said before, that most of what is screwing us up in our adult life is something that's tied to our childhood. That's why I asked that question. And so I'll have them write a letter to their younger self and sit there and say, Hey, listen, you have, you're going to go through a lot of stuff in your life, but you're going to wind up being strong. You're going to wind up being independent. You're going to wind up being resourceful. You're going to wind up that no matter what you're facing, and I'm talking to all you guys out there right now, is the fact that no matter what you're facing, as long as you have the belief and the understanding and the trust that you are going to get through it, whatever's going to happen in the world, whatever is all the speculations, all the controversies, all the conspiracies, whatever's going to happen. I mean, whatever. If there's one world order, we're all going to figure it out. We're all going to survive and it's going to become the new normal, whatever it is. So as long as you have that belief and you have that faith that you're going to get through whatever it is you're going to get through, that is amazing. But at the same time, why not have that child perspective at the same time? You know, I can sit there and worry, like, is there going to be civil uprising? Or am I, is my family going to be safe? Or people, I know the ammunition, I mean, all the rabbit hole stuff that I could easily go down. But at the same time, it's like, how is my son, how am my son looking at it? Oh, this is an adventure. Okay. You know, okay. We're okay. We're moving. Okay. We're, you know, this is happening. 
it's an adventure. It's, it's part of life. It's a journey. That's what we signed up for. I mean, I heard somebody say it so beautiful the other day and I can't remember who it was. I'll have to try to remember, but they literally said, you know, well, we're in a soul experience. We don't get to feel touch. We don't have the senses and everything. So we signed up for this human experience to come down here and feel pain and, and happiness and joy and taste food and have the physical touch and, and love and all these different things. We're here for this experience to have all these emotions because it gets boring being a soul and just being like, okay, everything's cool. We miss that, that grind. We miss that friction. We miss that iron sharpens iron kind of thing. And for me, you know, going back to that childlike state has helped me release a lot of the ego stuff that I was, that I've been tied to with that guilt, if that makes sense. 100%. I, right. I want everybody to do something. And I, I think this is uh, worth looking at the most beautiful piece of art I've ever seen in my entire life, hands down. And you guys might've seen it. And it was at burning burning man years ago. It's two, it's like, um, iron or there's like, it's essentially, you can see through it. So it's like cross iron and it's two adults sitting back to back. So the backs are against each other. And you can tell they're both like, mm and they're really upset and inside you there's children that you can see and their hands are against their backs trying to get out going please communicate with me beautiful look at it but it represents so much and i want to share something too that i think uh, is is perfect for this every time that i deny my inner child or think that you know my child is healed something pops up and something popped up last year i don't remember the exact date but I was, earlier. <laughs> I was yeah <laughs> I'm still a little kid. And I want to go there and I have to be really careful not to say everything I want to say. Like I always have to go one, two, three. Okay. Now you can speak Scott. Cause I mean, I, I'm like a volleyball player. I set it up and I want to see what anybody does with it. I, as Chris set up his brand to say everything, anything he wants. And I set up my brand to be Golo now and not say everything I'm feeling. <laughs> I her child inside going, <laughs> that's why, that's why I am me. That is why I am me. I'm, mass, I'm massively authentic, but I also got to understand how to cater to the audience and be in service to them. So you I'm going to I'm gonna have go F. I'm going to I'm going to create a go F now. There you go. I, I didn't say it, but I'm going to. So so I want to share this story. So I'm with my my 13 year old daughter and um, I was telling her some really funny stuff I, I did. And I'm the first person to laugh at my own jokes and my own things that I've done. And I did some funny ass stuff. I mean, I really did. And I'm telling her and she goes, I wouldn't have liked you as a kid. So <laughs> that, that she's like, I wouldn't have, she's like, that's not funny. And I, I my whole, like, I was just like, like, if you want to, like, I would have rather hit me in the head with a baseball bat. I was like, but that's, that's, that's me and my, my, my humor's evolved. And now it's even, I am, I'm funny, right? And I was like, I was like, I've never felt like that because I was always a funny kid. I was like, mm -hmm. I was like, wow, this is like the whole place didn't laugh at me. I'm like, this doesn't. Feel. I was like, is this what this? I don't like this feeling. And I was like, you know, I went and checked the room. I'm like, seriously, you don't think that's funny? <laughs> and she's sitting there going, it's not funny. And I'm like, and I can't even explain all of it. But I'm like, come on. I mean, a little bit, like seriously. And she you wouldn't give me her straws. You're like, hey, she wouldn't give me anything. And I went back and I went back to my wife and I'm like. She goes, you're funny. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted to shut you up. Yeah, that's the great like, thing about yeah. kids, you know. It's like you can always count, especially your own kids. But they're wrong. You can always count on them. They're to see wrong. It. I'm exactly hilarious. the way they see it. They are not going to mince words, huh? <laughs> no, I no. love. I love that kids are honest. Uh, I think that's one, the one of the most 
that's one of the most broken things going back to what we do to kids. That was yeah. one of the most broken things that we do to kids. I did it on my show on Tuesday night. I talked about the fact that, um, that as little kids, we're told about Santa Claus, the tooth fairy, the Easter bunny, you know, we're told about all these things. They're like, Oh, by the way, that's not real. And then we get to be where my son is a little bit. Like I caught, I, he was staring at a guy at the park a couple of weeks ago and I'm like, dude, stop, I'm like, stop staring. He was just staring. He didn't know. He was just curious. The guy did not look right. And he was just staring. I'm like, Jackson, stop staring him. I don't want to get killed. And Jack, I don't care. Yeah. He's weird. Like, I don't care. No, 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 no. Like, Daddy, why does he have? Why does he have? You know, why does he have a crack pipe in his hand? Because uh, he wants to play. No. Waving a gun, like whatever. Yeah. But I mean, my point is, then the kids are like telling the truth, like we're joking about. Like, oh yeah, why does that lady have a a, a hair growing out of her nose? Well, she didn't pluck it. I don't know. And then we talk, don't 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 say the truth. Don't say the truth. Don't don't. You have to be selective with the truth. So so, so white lie. And you learn. Then you're little kids. We don't have our emotional intelligence together. And we're told, okay. So I don't walk up to the teacher and say, teacher, why is your underwear sticking out of your 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 waist right now? No, no, no. You don't say that to somebody. You don't want to hurt their feelings. Okay. Well, if I tell them, then they don't look like an idiot. No, no, no. Don't say anything. It's better for them to look like an idiot than to embarrass them. Are you saying that people being kind and my humor was never there because that's what i'm receiving right now <laughs> no you're funny shut up no, but, but it's different it's easy. now you're doing the white lies too you suck dude you're funny sounding everything <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah i mean it's but think about that we're then we're told we're told to tell the truth are you telling the truth yes i'm telling the truth by the way why is grandma so ugly no don't tell grandma she's ugly you know, that, that, can you, can, I mean, think about that, that, that contradiction of what we're told when we're little kids, like, do I, do I be honest, but don't and be then, honest. And then you yeah. compound that with, did you do your best? I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. Did you do your best? My oh, mother-in-law, yeah. we were just at the pool the other day and she goes like this and she goes, she's a really funny lady. She says very serious, like very funny things out of nowhere. She goes, have you ever, she said, never mind. I'm like, what? And she goes, when you're on social media, do you ever just say somebody looks really nice, but you know, they don't at all. I'm like, yeah, I'd always do it. And she goes, she goes, oh, I feel bad. And she goes, I didn't want to say it. I thought you're the person I could talk about that with. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she just starts going, do you know this? And she, and I'm not going to name people because she's like, do you know that person said this and this? And have you ever seen that? She's like, so do you think they look good? I'm like, what do you think, Ellen? And she goes, so you're just really nice to everybody. I'm like, sometimes you just be nice. So to this point, where are the lines? And we literally had this conversation at the pool. And then I looked at her, I go, wait a minute. You always say that I look nice and she starts giggling. I'm like, this is not good. This is not good. We're in this land of just like white liars. So I'm not funny. I don't look good. I'm like, Jesus Christ. You're like, my whole identity is shattered. I don't even know. Like, my spirit's good, right? Your spirit's good. You're like, it's great. What's I'm going to have to just go be. I'm, I'm just going to go be for a little bit. I wonder if I end up just being. I had no options. This doing is just not. Kevin Hagen. What's Hi. Up, hey, what's up, guys? Happy Thursday. Texas. And I love what Cindy said. She's like, out of the mouth of babes. It's so true. I love that. You know, it's the most, it was the cutest thing that happened to me yesterday. So I was out walking and these two little girls rode up to me on their bikes. And I'd actually seen them out the day before and they didn't say anything to me. They didn't kind of want to look at me or anything. But for some reason, 
actually done a, a little exercise. That's a whole other show too. But they sweating? came up to me on their bikes and they were they were you know just chatting me up. I mean, telling me all about their problems in life. And so they were six. <laughs> they were six and three. <laughs> I mean, it was the most adorable thing. You know, and I was like, I love so much that these girls are just like, they're just like, hey, you're a, you're a person, let's talk. You know, there's no, you look like you're they're not worried about it. They don't care who I am or what I look like. They're just like, let's be friends, right? <laughs> and I mean, how much, how much more would we enjoy our lives? How much more fun would we have if we could be more like that? Massive. Massive right there, right there, Pam. That is so true. I, when I see my son, I take him to the parks a few times and I tell him to social distance and he does the mask and he's all good. But it it, it literally want, makes me want to cry when I watch how fast he looks at another kid. I, he's like, like these two little black girls with the, at, the, at the park uh, probably about a month ago. And I said, okay, buddy. I said, don't play near him. You know, just trying to be respectful and everything. And as soon as they could connect, they connected. Then the little girls grabbed his little hand and they went off. And I was like, I'm not even going to disturb that. That is beautiful. That is, that is more beautiful than the risk of getting COVID, whatever. That right. is, that, that's love. That's what we're all supposed to be doing is taking each other's hands saying, hey, come on. I don't care if you're black, white, straight, gay, Republican, whatever. Come on. Let's, let's all go have fun. We're all, we all want to have fun. And that's kind of what I said on my show the other night. It's like, you know, when you, when you ask people about the differences of their opinions and everything, ultimately, I think we all want the same thing. And I think that's a, that's a beautiful observation to make us more connected than we are different. And to like get back to the point of that being versus doing, we're all caught up in trying to oppress other people and say, oh, I've got this or I've accomplished that. You know, like Scott, you've said, you know, how you managed to do your, your life. I was telling my uh, rolfing guy today, he's like, what kind of truck do you have? And I said, I have a 2012 F-150. It's an FX4. I said, it's nice. I said, I was in the, the whole habit of buying a new car every four years and, and having the most, I said, I love my truck. I said, my truck's great. It's paid off all my, you know, I'm working on reducing all my debt and just trying to have that, that perspective of having that, um, that, that disconnection of, of ego and, and everything else that you're being judged for. Like, okay, I don't have a, a 2019 Dodge Challenger. And I know my friends would think I was cool about that, but I love my truck. So I think getting out of that materialistic mindset, getting more back into a playful mindset and getting more back into a self-love mindset. I mean, obviously, I mean, if you're not loving yourself, then you're stressing yourself out. And if you're stressing yourself out, you're not healthy. If you're not healthy, you're not going to make good decisions. If you don't make good decisions, you're going to show the short-term gratifications. That cycle is just going to be vicious until it spits you out. And then you're going to be miserable. And I want to go back to, you know, you, you nailed it right there. And I want to go to what Pam was explaining, because, you know, you're right on point. We've got to get to that space where we want to connect. We want to, you know, be part of, you know, something bigger. It doesn't matter about politics. And Pam's point of the fact that, you know, those kids came up to you to talk, you know, that, listen, they don't, kids don't come up to everybody. They really don't. It's like puppies, you know, like, like dogs will run up to certain people, some they don't like. So the fact that you're producing that energy, I think that's something we all need to do is produce that energy that anybody will come up to us and then respond, you know, be, be the response, you know, listen, I was just joking about what my mother-in-law we were saying, but you know, everybody is beautiful. Like we get it, you know, like, like you might not be, it, specific whatever beauty is supposed to be to the universe or whatever not be attractive to the individual in whatever way but we've got to compliment people more we've got to tell people how well they're doing we've got to whatever it is like the simple truth is every single one of us needs to be loved every single one of us needs to be heard every single one of us needs to be seen and i think a big part of being is even just i don't want to use what we're doing is 
making that a, a part of our existence. You know, so I think being and just loving, that's really, that's what we need to do and create that energy so that a three and a six year old want to come up to us, create that energy that, you know, when Chris is at the park, we see the kids playing that you're just dumping that love into them because you can see that beauty. And that's the energy that we, we need to be harnessing more than that, not taking on anger or frustration and hatred or whatever towards others, because there's a lot of that within us and it needs to be spread. So true, Scott, so true. And just one thing I want to share real quick is what you just said was so beautiful. Yesterday, I go through my, I go through my Facebook messages and I'll just, I'll like scroll like five times and I get down to like somebody I messaged maybe two months ago and I'll just say, Hey, how are you doing? What's going on? And so I did that today or did that yesterday. No, actually today. I did it today um, with two people. I just sent them a voice message. Say, Hey, I care about you. I want to see how you're doing. Hope you're having an awesome day. If you're not, I'm here for you. If you have any questions, whatever I could do to support you. I just want to let you know, I was thinking about you literally a 19 second message I sent to two different people, different messages. And one guy came back and he's like, dude, Chris, he goes, your message hit me at the perfect time, man. He goes, I love the fact that you care about people and blah, 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 all these really nice things. But it was a fact it was a 19 second message that made the difference in that guy's day. And you could hear it in his words. He was having a tough day. He's like, man, I was kind of feeling down. I did it with somebody we know, Scott, uh, yesterday and said, hey, brother, just reaching out. How are you doing? I haven't heard from you. I know we got a call on Monday. And he's like, man, it's a tough day. And I said, I'm here for you, dude. You know, if we just do those little bitty things. It doesn't have to be major. People ask me all the time, what can I do? What can I do? And I'm like, just reach out and say, honestly, how are you? What can I do? I just, I care about you and I think you're a good person. Especially if it's somebody that maybe you don't have the same agreements on different topics. I have a, I have a, I have a, a coaching client of mine and she is like on one spectrum of the controversies that are going on. I'm not going to get into it. And, but she knows somebody who is on the opposite side. And rather than being like, oh, that person's wrong and that person, I invited her. I'm like, Maybe try to see things from her perspective. Maybe try to see and understand and just be that bridge to say, hey, listen, I'm not going to be the other guy that's going to tell you again that you're wrong or you're stupid or whatever. You have your belief and it's obviously important to you because it's causing you physical ailments. Maybe reach out to that person and say, hey, what can I do for you? How can I, I'm not going to agree with you. We're going to have differences of opinion, but can I help you? And so she did that and she said it was like the, one of the most beautiful experiences. They started talking about other things and they just, they connected. Whereas before they would have been like, okay, different. And, you know, that's what we need to do is just to have a little bit of love and compassion for each other. But especially, like I said before, ourselves. And I thought that's something that I've struggled with, but I'm continuing to work on because it's not being selfish. It's about being self-love. And when you're coming from more of a place of, of completeness, I guess, well, I don't think we're ever going to be complete, but if you come from more of a place of completeness and you're happy, then that, that, that spills out to other people like what we're doing here. I mean, that's the way I see it. I would even challenge that last thing you said that we, we won't ever be complete. I, I think again, like once you set that limitation, that's truth. So I think we all will get there. I think, you know, whether it's in this uh, existence as a human or not, we're, we're complete. Right. So, yeah. No, I'm just being a pain in the ass, dude. I'm just, yeah. I'm, everything you said was beautiful. Sorry. Thank you. You are, you are funny. You are funny. Well, and I like what Colleen said, you know, she said people need to know people care. And yeah. it's really that simple. I mean, I think that's what you're getting at is just, it's really that simple. It's just, you know, maybe it's making a quick phone call. Maybe it's sending a card to someone. It doesn't have to be oh. a big deal. Simple. Yeah. Love and, it. Um, and to Chris's point, one of the most beautiful things, and it's funny you said that, because I feel like we're all doing the same things. And then we come together and talk and we realize I did that too. You know, yeah. uh, I, I, I was just like looking at my phone, a few people that I called. And then for some reason, I'm like, I can't talk to them right now. And I just left a few messages say, Hey, I love you, brother. You know, 
and and there are people sometimes that might be like, oh, you only call me for this or whatever. So they're probably waiting for something, and I'm like just checking in, and they're like, oh, it felt good. Yeah. Um, so. For sure. And it's easy. Well, and to that, I mean, that's part of the joy of being here and doing this with you guys, and and being with the audience, and we've we've come to the end of our hour but um what a joy i mean always and for all of you that have been here and have been commenting and shared out thank you so much such a blessing love you guys we love you all so much and so grateful for this time with you guys and with you mr no excuses coach and mr go love now as well love you both you guys rock seriously i i enjoyed any finishing thoughts anyone nope we'll see you tomorrow night on our show sure. <laughs> yeah i'm so excited there's, there's, something there's, so something much fun. there's something wrong with my seat i'll talk about it later i don't know what it is there's something wrong with my seat. <laughs> talk about your seat there's something wrong with my seat it's a we can get back to that tomorrow night right yeah, yeah. Right. it doesn't hot matter sauce. You got hot right. i'm okay don't worry about me I'll be all right. You'll be fine. Lots of love and light and healing energy tonight. <laughs> He's going to go love himself now. That's right. With Tuck's made to pay medicated pads. <laughs> they're, they're right My wife literally ran and dropped from the door and ran out. They're right there. <laughs> Congratulations. Well, Pam, thanks for putting this all together. It's it's truly it's truly fun to do rainbows and real talk with you. Real, re, I always say real talk, but it's real life. Um, but yeah, and, and again, for all you guys being here with us, you know, Glenda, Colleen, um, Cindy, I mean, literally Larry, um, you guys are phenomenal. You guys are, you guys are, you guys are just Johanna. Um, you guys are all friggin' phenomenal. Amazing. We love, Amazing. You. love you all so much. Have love a you guys. Bye guys. We want to thank you for listening today. We know you have many choices for content and we are grateful you chose us. You can always find more of our episodes at the Energy Healing Network on YouTube. Please do make sure to subscribe to the channel so you can easily find more episodes or watch when we go live. Thank you again for listening and sharing these messages with others who you wish to encourage and uplift.